welcome back to another episode of Budgeting Period, the podcast that helps you get out of debt, better manage your money, and just like enjoy spending again, because we do not have to live in this in this world of fear and paycheck to paycheck and regret. And so I am here talking today with Sarita, um, one of my clients that I just loved working with so much because she truly did the work. She was the type of person that was like, I'm ready for this change. Let's do it. And she still keeps in touch with me today. And I absolutely love it. And so I wanted to let her share a little bit of her story and let you guys know that, you know, I feel like I'm sometimes a little bit far removed. I paid debt, um, paid my debt off back in 2020, but this is somebody that's still doing it. This is somebody that's taking, um, you know, the tips and tricks that aren't rocket science, but then actually using them to change their lives. So Sarita, hello and welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How are you today? What is your, what is your mindset right now? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, Doing good overall. Uh, my mindset today is a lot better than when we first met, obviously. Um, I think I signed up for your class at the end of 2020. Um, and it's been quite good two years almost now. Uh, crazy. Um, it is ups and downs, but it's definitely a lot better than when I first started this, which is nice. It's less, less stress. And so let's go back to that time. Um, and I can't remember if you were in like the fall of 2020 class or the January of 2021. January of 2021. Okay, okay perfect. And so let's go back to the, that fall, that holiday season. Why did you sign up for group coaching? What um, what was your life like? Um, I signed up because I had, uh, I think I have it written down, I had about $2,680 in credit card debt. Um, and on top of just other various debts that I had, and it was just suffocating. Like there, there was no, I, I didn't see a way out of it. So, you know, I just paid the minimum balances and just kind of like put my head in the sand about it. And um, I knew that I couldn't keep going the way I was going, but I didn't really have the tools to get out of that cycle. So I ended up seeing, I kept seeing your um, segment or whatever with bring me to the news. And I was like, oh, that's cool. She paid off a lot of that. And, you know, but I, it kept like, I think it was like a weekly thing you had at one point. So it kept coming up and I was like, okay, that's a lot of money. Like, all right. And then finally, I think it was about December that I, was like, okay, like, I don't know if this isn't a sign from the universe that is telling you to like contact this woman. So I contacted you and um, we just kind of went from there. And you said group coaching would be better for me because I didn't have a lot of debt. Um, and I went in, you know, just kind of nervous because I was going to have to look at all of my debt, but ready because I was just with not having any money ever. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I think I love your story about like how much debt you had, because I think we're all different and we all compare ourselves so much. Mm -hmm. And so even you saying like, you only had like two something in credit card debt, but then you had other debt. I yeah. all the time say I only had about 46,000, which was suffocating to me, but compared to people okay. that are in six figures, it's nothing. Right. right. And so I think it's, it doesn't matter how much debt we have. 
the, the thing that I'm trying to do that we're trying to change here is, is your debt affecting your life? Is it amount of money that's causing you stress? That's making you, um, insecure about your money decisions or that, um, you can't cover an emergency bill, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. Like if that number, whatever the number is stresses you out, then I think that's the time to maybe do something about it. Right. Yes, definitely. I I mean, I had credit card debt. I had tax debt, which is tax debt is the worst possible debt you can have because it's the federal and state government and and they don't care. Like they are very like, we're going to get this money one way or the other. So I definitely, you know, was on a, um, a payment plan with them immediately because I was like, I don't, you know, yeah. credit card, that's one thing you can kind of put that off, but with the federal government, especially like in state, they can start garnishing your checks, start taking other stuff. So, and then just like a dental bill, I had a tooth break. And so that was $2,649. Dentist stuff is expensive. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Um, mm-hmm. So all of that together was about 7,500. And I was just like, I don't know. What to do. And, you know, it's a scary like walk to take but it it's definitely worth it if you're ready I mean you gotta be ready though you gotta really be ready to like (laughs) sit down and look at your debt and be like okay this is a lot of money and it's overwhelming but the first step really is getting a plan exactly and we um one of the first things that I always do with people is we do the 90 day expense tracker. So we figure out like where all of your money was going. Mm -hmm. It is still my favorite tool to this day. I think when I retire, I'm just going to like consult on the 90 day expense tracker because I feel like it's so useful (laughs) and people, even people, people, I'm talking to you. If you think you know where your money is going, I promise you, you have no idea. Mm -hmm. Fill out this 90 day expense tracker. It's free. And um, it really tells you, it breaks down every single penny that you spend. And so we dig into that. And we also dig into just totaling up your total debt amounts in like day yes. one. And so we yes. like get right into it. There's no yes. shying away, right? No, no, there wasn't, which was nice though. Um, I mean, although the first day I was like, oh my God, like, okay. And I go like, okay, fine. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. I mean, I also have student loans, but everybody in the free world has The debt is just coming out. You you guys, every time we talk, there's like another debt that comes out behind the corner because it's like student loans are probably straight to like the last thing on your mind, right? Is that like, yeah. Yes. I am taking, not going to lie, I'm taking full advantage of the payment pause or I have been because I'm like, I just, I need a break. And this, it has allowed me to like, you know, put money in other places, but but yeah, it, it hey, student loans, they're going to be here forever and ever and ever. Can I ask how much money you have in student loan debt? Uh, you can throw a ballpark number if you're not sure. 78000 is Okay. So it's high, but on the low end of high compared to some people. So. Yeah, yeah. And is that all federal or do you have some private in there? Uh, I don't even remember. No, no worries. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Well, I guess it's probably all federal if you're not making any payments right now, right? Okay, so it's all going to be federal. Um, and that starts up in January again, which is you know, reminder to everyone listening January 2023, you're going to start paying your student loan debt again. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I think the fact that you had time on your side to get caught up to get your head above yeah. water, it is, is January going to be a little bit less stressful? Do you have a plan for getting your student loans back into your budget? What is your thoughts there? Um, 
I'm kind of getting a plan together now. Um, it's helping that this whole thing that the Biden administration has, not necessarily the 20,000, that obviously is going to help a lot, but they've redone the the amount you have to pay for your income. It's down to 5% of your income now. So that's going to help initially. Obviously, I do want to pay more um, as time goes on, but I think initially to kind of get back on my feet, taking advantage of that, 5% of your income is going to help a lot versus like the 10% or whatever they determine. So that's going to be helpful. But yeah, I have a plan to start that back up and, you know, just keep moving forward with it. And with debts that are like relatively high like that, same with my student loans, it's like, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint, right? Like there's no reason that Sarita needs to start paying 5,000 a month, 3,000 a month, like, cause you're going to bring yourself out and you're not going to make any yep. traction. Right. And so, right. um, I think, and, and for those that are kind of wondering, like, how do we figure out what to pay off next? I always go with them, the, the idea that emotion first is kind of my biggest thing. So like we mm -hmm. list out all of our debts and then we're like, which one like tears at your heartstrings? Which one keeps you up at night? Which one is knocking down your door every day? And like Sarita, that sounds like taxes might be one of those things for you. Like those people aren't letting go. But then it's to your point, student loans, like those are easy peasy. They're on autopilot. Like there's yep. literally, I'm not going to make a huge dent on them anytime soon. So maybe mm -hmm. you put them in the back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. And I've actually- uh, I think in May paid off uh my tax debt. It was like fifteen hundred when I started a year ago, and then in May I finally paid that off. And then state I paid off girl. a lot of years ago too. So so yeah, so having that out of the way is nice. Having no credit card debt is wonderful. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um. Now I'm just working on like the dental, and I had to get a new car. Um, my other car was totaled in April. I'm sorry. And thank you. That sucked. Um, and I was kind of like, well, do I save for a car or no? I I work. I live in St. Louis Park, and I work in St. Paul, so I needed a car like, yeah, immediately. Um, so I decided to get a, a car loan, but I was able to look at all of my bills because I have a budget and um. I figured out what I could pay that wouldn't app, you know, I took, you know, worst, absolute worst case doomsday scenario and figured, all right, I can afford this much and then stayed with, actually was under that um, with, with the car payment. So, and I have a, a bank with a credit union, so I can, every time I get paid, it's like half and half. So that helps too. So yeah, so I mean, so I have a car payment now, but I mean, it, you know, it, and, and there's no shame in like the debt game. Like that's what I want right. people like, I'm probably going to take out a little bit of debt to redo like our kitchen. Cause it's mm -hmm. going to be a massive amount of money. Um, but it's like, as long as you're taking out debt with a plan, as yeah. long as you're being forward thinking about it, I don't mm -hmm. think it's entirely bad. Of course, we don't want to sign up for like a 15% loan of some sort, but <laughs> if we're like looking at our budget and we're saying, you know, I think I can afford this and I'd rather take out the loan than take a hit on cash or not being able to pay mm -hmm. my student loans or whatever it is. Um, I think that's really important. And and what would you have done previously? Like before when you still had your tax debt and you still had your credit card debt, if your car got totaled, what would you have done? 
Um, panicked more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> Way more than I did. Um, I probably just would have just got a, a car loan and not yeah. had put any thought into it. Can I, what can I afford? Um, you know, it, and including car insurance too. Um, you know, yeah, I just would have went, okay, I think I can afford yeah. X and probably would have not been able to afford that and just have set myself back even more than I was. So, and I, I think a lot of people, myself included, were that way. You just, you hear the monthly payment like, oh, like 200, not that bad. I could figure that out or I'll just, yeah. I don't know. I don't even think that I rationalized how I could afford it. I, the number just didn't sound scary. Um, and then you just do it. And then you have this car loan and you some, are like, oh, maybe someday it'll get paid off. And you don't think about it versus no. I think what I'm trying to do and what I think you're doing such a good job at is it's okay to take on some debt when life kind of punches you in the face. Right. Mm -hmm. But like have a plan and yes. you getting rid of the other two debts were allowed so much more money within yes. your paycheck to pay for this car loan. And so mm -hmm. people life happens and that is okay. And we have to, we have to just not beat ourselves up over it, but what can you do today to reduce the amount of debt, the amount of worry, the amount of stress that you have. So when life does happens, we're not piling on this impossible amount of weight on our shoulders. What can we do to just make things calm when things are good so that when things get a little scary, it's something that's a little bit more manageable. Right. Yeah. I think for me, just having like a, a budget, like a real just budget. And I, I don't use apps because I feel like I'm an 80 year old woman and I'm not. You're um, not. <laughs> Absolutely I'm not, but I'm like, I don't like these apps. Um, so I use, I just have like a notebook and Good. I write down, you know, I budget out my money for the month and, you know, bills and then the money that I allow myself. And I think that was something that you really drove home in the, the group coaching was budgets aren't like, well, I'm on a budget, so I can't have a life or I can't go out to eat or I can't do anything like that that it, it was like you can have a budget but like budget yourself too like you are yeah. a bill as well and yeah. um kind of hearing that I was like okay like that makes sense like you can actually have a life so initially my budget was very small but as you know things hasn't paid off and money has moved around it's increased but it's still within you know the the ramifications of what I can afford and yeah that was super helpful. Um, also, I do a zero-based budget. Um, yes. And which is amazing because then it's not like, oh, well, I have this. No, you don't. You don't have any money left over. Like, <laughs> even, like, I budget, like, saving, sinking funds. Like, I, I mean, everything. I'm just like, okay, now it's zero and we're done. So Okay, that, I want to talk about this really quick, Sarita, because yeah. I think... Um, did you know what a zero-based budget was before you got started? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, I, let's dive into that. So for all of you people listening that are like, what the heck is this woman talking about? A zero-based budget is just when you budget your income. And so it sounds like obvious, like, wait, you get a paycheck and you budget that money, but you'd be surprised how many budgeting apps and people out there that'll say, how much do you make in a month? Let's budget that amount of money. And you're like, Oh, in a perfect world, that sounds like that makes sense. But 
I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I haven't gotten that second paycheck yet. I can't budget that second paycheck's mm -hmm. money, which means I don't have 500 a month for groceries. I just have whatever I put aside from this paycheck. And so reality starts to kick in, I think, when people start budgeting with their full paycheck or their full month salary versus zero base. So zero base is when you get paid on Friday, you take that $2,000 and you say, 100 of it's going to this, 50 of it's going to this. And so, and then you keep like going down until it's zero and then you budgeted all of that money. And so I use YNAB, it's an app and they always say, give every dollar a job. And so you wanna make sure every single penny is assigned to something. And it doesn't mean that you're spending every penny. It just means you know what every single penny is gonna do. And so Sarita, your sinking funds you're talking about, yeah. I'm assuming like Christmas holidays, what kind of oh, sinking yeah. funds are you saving up for right now? Uh, Christmas being, yeah. being the, the omnipresent one, uh, I think this is the first year, no, last year I had a sinking fund. I had about 700, I think last year, this year I'm almost at a thousand. So, I mean, that's pretty much Chris. I don't ever spend over a thousand for Christmas, but so that's pretty much the money for Christmas. Um, that's I awesome. have a, a sinking fund for my taxes because I, I, we don't want rent. to play that game again. <laughs> no, and I, I rent. I have no kids. I'm not married, so I don't get any type of anything yeah. in that respect. So I already know. Okay, you're gonna owe taxes. Save for that. Yeah. Um, vacation fund. Um, uh, yeah, I like to go warm places when it's cold here. Obviously, so you know. Um, uh. I go to a concert every year in Wisconsin and that's just something I know I'm going to do. So I have that. Um, then I have like a general thinking fund where it's just kind of like, you know, car stuff and, you know, other really weird life stuff that happens, but those have been yeah, like, their lifesaver. Um, yes. I had to pay a pretty big um, car fix maintenance thing um my timing belt and then something else happened and it ended up being like eleven hundred dollars of course but yeah it's never cheap but I was able to go into a thinking fund and take that and pay it and not have to put it at well I put it on a credit card for points Duh. but I was able to just turn yeah. around and pay that right back and so yeah I mean if you can set up a thinking fund, even just one, like it, it helps so much because I didn't have to worry about how am I going to pay $1,100 that, yeah. you know, yeah. two years ago, I yeah. would not have had at all. And if you're like lost right now about what the heck a sinking fund is, just look at some of my stuff. I talk about a sinking fund 24 seven because they're literally the best thing invented. Um, I, and when I work with people, um, I'm always interested because some people, Sarita, get really stressed out about the sinking funds. They're like, yes. give me like four. They're like, I just need some high level categories. And then otherwise um, it's, it will be okay. And I'll just, you know, spend out of those four. And yeah. I'm the opposite. I have a sinking fund for freaking everything like right. cat litter or dog food yeah. because when you take the guessing out of how much your life costs I know I'm gonna buy cat litter every yeah. other month I know mm -hmm. that um you know whatever else it is toilet paper and paper towels that trip whenever we buy all that stuff together is always really expensive mm -hmm. and same with Christmas like when you think about it if you're going into the holiday season and you have your sinking fund for Christmas already set up 
you are now no longer using up your paychecks in December to pay for Christmas, which how many of you, like I played this game before I'm broke during Christmas because all of my paycheck is going towards like happy hours and gifts and presents. And so I'm still participating in the holiday season, but I have like no money left over for like anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe you're still living your best life in December, but then you wake up in January and you have credit card debt. Right. We've also, yeah, I played that game also. And it's not fun. Like you don't want to wake up after the holiday season with this credit card hangover. Um, and so I start talking about Christmas in January, which is part of the reason why I love January group coaching, because people are so excited and they're, um, you know, energized for a new year and you get to create goals and, um, just start your year off. Right. And so I'm glad that you're, you're using some of those. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have, oh, I have also have, um, a house budget where, you know, you groceries, you know, toilet paper, paper towel, you know, yeah. whatever, toiletry stuff. So, so yeah, I have six total. I tried to have a lot of little ones, but I, my brain is just like, okay, this is too much. So I have six <laughs> that I know what they're each for and perfect. But yeah, I think if you can find something that works, whether it's like you, where there's a lot of them or me, it's just six, like it, but again, referencing back to my car, I mean, $1,100 to actually pay up front with no worries was one of the best feelings that I had because I didn't have to worry about it in the next couple of months. I was just like, okay, this is like when I, and even, I didn't even wait for the bill. I just waited for it to clear on my credit card and then I paid it and that was it. And yeah, two years ago, like I said, it would have been a completely different conversation that I would have been having with myself. That notification from your app saying, Hey, your bill is due or it's time to like, that's no longer stressful. That mm -hmm. just becomes like, Oh, I should probably pay that. Um, mm -hmm. I've actually gotten a, I had to pay interest like a couple of months ago because, um, my phone reset, long story short, my app got deleted. So I had to redownload it, but none mm -hmm. of my notifications were saved. And mm -hmm. so I got, late charges literally because I forgot I even had a credit card bill. Like that's how less stress right. your life becomes. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, I guess I do pay that every month because it's not something that's top of mind that you're constantly worrying about. Mm -hmm. It just is another kind of checkbox item. That's that's in your life. Yeah. I think so. I have no credit card debt right now, which is great. I think the only, the one thing that monthly comes out on a credit card are my subscriptions. Like you know, streaming services, and yeah, stuff like that. But that's one hundred thirty dollars. But again, that's paid right when the bill comes, and there's just there's no worries, which is wonderful. <laughs> and and I'm all for credit card hacking. If you're if you can be the type of person mm. that I put every single thing I buy on a credit card, unless they don't take American Express, and then I find whatever else. Yeah. Um. But, and if you can get those points, like yeah. we, like it's a no brainer, but I would obviously, we never recommend that for people that maybe have had like, um, weird relationships with credit card debt in the past where like, mm -hmm. it's a spending problem. You didn't just get yourself into like, you know, you had an expensive thing that you couldn't pay for, but like you have this habitual kind of like cycle thing going on with credit cards, then obviously don't do it. It's not worth the risk. But if you're the type mm -hmm. of person that's like, I'm totally fine putting all of my purchases on a credit card and then just paying it off. Like absolutely try that because there's a lot of rewards out there. Um, yeah. I get at least like three or 400 bucks a, a year from my credit card. And 
I um am I always try to save it for something exciting and then I use it for something like super silly, but um right. <laughs> it, it's worth it. And uh it's a perk of it's it's my little it's I think it's a little thank you for being responsible with your money and being on a budget and all that kind of stuff. It's right. yeah. I have three credit cards. I have an American Express as well. Um um uh, and then two capital ones and one capital one the limit seven hundred and fifty, which is fine. Like I'm not but that's the one for my subscriptions. I have a second one that limits three thousand seven hundred and fifty, and that I use for vacation, only yeah. vacation, so hotels, flights, all of you know that. Um, but I have money again. Put aside, I'm going to Florida next week, so I have all that money set aside already, money for the hotel. Yes, I'm gonna spend all of that. So when I get back and the bill comes due or everything clears, whatever comes first, I'm just gonna pay it. And it's nice to say, oh, I can use <laughs> this credit card for a vacation and this credit card for my subscriptions and the American Express for well everything else. Um, but yeah, and that's I, like I, so good, Sarita. Like you're you. So what I'm taking out of it is like you like learn the things you're like okay this is like what I'm supposed to do but then I'm going to create a system like you're creating a system that works for you right so you're like I'm not going to use an app I also like only do certain things I do the things on certain credit cards I also only have six sinking funds so like people personal finance is personal I say this every day you need to just take the knowledge of like how do I even get started what do I need to do to like not be stressed every month like how do I just need to get the wheels going and then once you have enough knowledge as cliche as that sounds then you do it yourself you do what feels good if if budget if you hate the word budget call it a spending plan if you um hate notebooks get an app um you can do whatever you want but the point is just do something the point is is just get started because I think we live in this perpetual hamster wheel of like oh, I don't have enough money to do this and paycheck to paycheck. And then something big happens and we are negative in our account and we don't take the time to just like sit back and be like, okay, what do I actually need to do to change this? I think that's the thing, like it is sitting down and looking at how to change it and and then going from there. Like I don't make a lot of money. I just want to make that clear. Like, yeah, I'm doing good now, but it's taken two years and I make a very average yeah. salary. Like it's not anything, you know, it's like 40 now or something like that. So it's pretty normal. So I'm not out here like this, you know, yeah, rolling in the dough. Um, so I make average money, but, and it took two years, but again, just sitting down and, and looking at, at first, looking at your debt, which is terrifying. Yeah. Unto itself. And then kind of getting a plan, like, okay, what can I pay first? And or what's the most important thing I need to pay first? And then just kind of go from there. Um, that's how I did it. I listed everything out. I went from my smallest debt to my biggest debt. And um for me that was nice because I could actually see things being paid. I yeah. was like, oh, that's done now. And that's done now. Oh, man, that's really exciting. So, but yeah, it, it's just that sitting down and looking at it and being like, okay, this is all a lot. And when we started, I think after that first class, I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this because I owe so much money to so many people. But 
I was like, you know what? At least try it. Like, yes, what you have been doing is not working. So even if this doesn't work, you can chalk it up to not working and, and yes, call it a day. But that first step really is the hardest, but it really is the most important. You sit down and look at the money you owe and then figure out, you know, okay, this is what I owe. This is what I make. You know, look at your living expenses first, obviously, because you have to live. You have to pay your rent. You have to pay your mortgage. You yeah. have to pay, you know, your light bill, your heating bill, your all of that. And then everything else would just kind of fall secondary. Um, so yeah, getting started is really the hardest but most important step. Having that conversation with ourselves that like what we have been doing hasn't been working and maybe we're not, I mean, I don't think any of us ever thought we were good with money. We all know that we're bad with money, which is why we ended up at where we were, but realizing that like we can change that and that the tools that we're learning is it's one-on-one guys. And it's just Mm -hmm. unfortunate that we were never taught it. So it's not like it's too complicated. You can't learn it. We were just never taught it. And so think of this as now being the time that you're actually setting time aside to teach yourself how to manage your money. Yeah, and I, I think that was the biggest thing. And, you know, I, you know, money management for me was just like, okay, just pay your bills and yep. do whatever with the rest. Yes. It, I mean, if you don't have debt, that's fine. But if you have debt, if you have, you know, after you pay all your bills, you have $300 left. Well, you probably should pay something. And it doesn't have to be the full 300 Like, obviously you need to be comfortable. And so if you can only take, you know, 50 of that for one check to pay a debt, then pay 50. Like you don't have to pay the whole 300 to a debt and then have no money. Like, yeah. Set aside some, but then the rest of it, you you do have to live a life. And and you have to live a good life. And so you have to mm -hmm. find that balance of like, Exactly. Like you, you said this earlier, but like you're in charge of your budget. So mm-hmm. funny thing is, is you get to decide what goes into it. And so right. put some happy hours with friends, put na- getting your nails done, massages, whatever your mm-hmm. thing is, add it into your budget. Of course you add it at a rate of like at, at a level that you can afford, because if you have an extra 300, like you're saying, Sarita, you're not going to sign up for a $500 massage. That just doesn't make any sense. But you could probably afford a $50 massage once a month or every other month or whatever it is. And if that's what you need to keep going to pay to paying off this debt during this debt-free journey, then absolutely do it. And so, Sarita, you have your car loan and then you have your student loan debt. Is that all that you're working with right now? Um, And this dental. Oh, that's right. And your dental thing. So I owe $891 now. I owe $2,649, oh, I think, at the you're beginning getting there. of the year. Now I have $891 left. So... Once that's done, it'll literally just be my car loan and my student debt. Good for you. It's nice. <laughs> and then do you have a plan to pay out to like, or have you started thinking about filling out the spreadsheet again to see when you can become debt free if you pay X amount of money? Or are you just like mentally, you're like, I'm not quite there yet. I have, um, so I have a rough date for the dental. Um, okay. And that's next March. So every, like I, in my head, I'm like, okay, by March, I want to be done. Now, for me, I have to remind myself that that's just a rough date. Like yeah. that, that's not like the hard line. If you're not done, then you fail. Like, no, this is, if you're not done by March, it's cool. 
life happens, things happen, you know. Um, I have two cats and I'm sure something's gonna come up <laughs> at some point because this is the life of having animals or car stuff or whatever. Um Yeah, life. So I'm like, okay, yeah. that's just a rough date. Um, but you know, I, I do rough dates. I'm like, okay, ideally this day is when I wanna have this paid off. Or this day is when I wanna have this paid off. That works better for me than having like okay, March of you know, yeah. next year, this has to be that though. So rough, rough ideas of that's of, great. Of each thing. So I mean, what is the stat? Like, I think you're forty percent more likely to hit a goal if you write it down on paper, or if you like mm-hmm. have like a target. And so, yep. um, you by just saying March is a really good goal for me, is you're going to be even if you don't have it paid off, it's going to be pretty darn close to getting paid off by yeah. then, right? And so, mm-hmm. um so life is good. And so it's going to be okay. And you're going to be okay. And, um, you know, the sun will rise again. And so what do you say to people, um, that say, I don't have enough money to budget because I think I was there. I thought rich people budgeted for the longest time. And I was like, when I was paying off debt, I was like, there's nothing to budget. So there's no point in budgeting. (laughs) There's, there's nothing. Um, but then when I actually figured out where all my money was going, I was like, oh, maybe there is some money to budget. But what do you tell people that are struggling with the budgeting thing? I think when I started, I was making about $28,000 a year. So damn girl. Yes. So clearly I was not rich, but any stretch of the imagination. And so you have enough money to start. Like I, I may, I was probably closer to the federal poverty line at that time than a lot of people or not. But if I can start it making 28,000 roughly, I think it was, I promise you, you, you have enough money. Like you, you. You know, there are people, I have friends who make that money who have three kids and budget, who have to budget. They're like, we can't not, we can't wing it. We got kids, we got bills, they eat everything. Like, trust me. And like I said, I have a slight advantage. I don't have kids, but I mean, 28,000 isn't a lot of money. (laughs) No, you're still not rolling in the dough. I think you're allowed to live that that that's your truth and and, right. and I I was going to say the same thing that you were kind of getting at when you don't feel like you have enough money to budget that is the most important time to budget because you can't afford mm-hmm. to make mistakes you can't right. afford to pay interest on a stupid credit card or to your account to go negative and you get penalized or whatever it is you need to use every penny to to mm-hmm. live the life that you're trying to live definitely I think like I said now I, I make 40,000 so I'm way more comfortable than I was but but starting with 28 a year I was like man I it was starting to fast I'm like you know the different people you know they were saying like they're different jobs and I was like what the hell am I doing like they make way more money than I am how are you even going to yeah manage this but again it I keep saying it it really comes down to just looking at your money and being honest and yes I had to look at do the 90 day tracker and that was painful I was like oh my god you waste so much money every day <laughs> like what are you doing 
but it uh, allowed to be like, okay, you can set up a sinking fund for Target, or which yeah. is like my thing. You can set up a sinking fund for the grocery store or for buying stupid stuff at the gas station or for, uh, I have four nieces and nephews and I am with them like all the time. So, you know, we love going to do stuff. So you can yeah. set up the sinking fund for them. And it made it more manageable. But yeah, initially looking at it, I was like, oh God, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, this is terrible. But yeah, again, just look at it. Everyone feels bad. that it's, way. It's going to be bad. It's going to hurt. <laughs> at yourself. It's going to be bad. Yourself. <laughs> but it, it, it'll be ready. But you have to be, you have to be ready to take that mindset on. And yeah. there were a few times where I would start trying to manage my money and it just fell apart because I was ready to fully commit. So you got to be ready to fully commit and then just go from there. Uh, Sarita, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I think you're such an inspiration that like people like she's, she was making $28,000 a year and she has paid off like two debts. Like and now she's making 40, but 40 people is still like, she lives in the twin cities area. Like it's not like she lives in like Hobunk middle nowhere. And, <laughs> and so if she can do it, like you can too. Uh, I just wanted to share your story because you're such an inspiration. Thank and so you. thank you so much. Um, and everyone, thank you for listening and obviously keep listening to more episodes to help you manage your money and get out of debt and, you know, just live a little bit of a better life. So for that, we will say goodbye and we will see you all next time.